Welcome to the Jesus Show. Not that one. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Did you notice something different about this week's intro? Yeah, it wasn't me. It was my nephew, Cristiano. We were hanging out with, me and Ali were hanging out with uh, my cousin Danny and Janice and their kids. And when we got back home that night, they sent me a video of Cristiano doing the intro to the show. So I thought, why not share it with you guys? I think it's really cool. And it warmed my heart to see him do it. It's really, it, he's, he's just adorable. Uh, so from now on, I think that might be the intro to the show. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm going to mess around with it. Uh, use it a couple times, see how I like it. I mean, so far, I really enjoy it. Um, but then I also thought if you, as the viewer, as the listener, want to try doing uh, the intro to the show, go ahead and record yourself doing it and send it over to the show. You can email that to thejesusshownto at gmail.com. Go ahead and send it over. And if we like it, if you do a good job, I'll probably start using it as the show intro, or I might switch them out. I might do it. I'll definitely put Cristiano on there. And then if anybody else uh, sub submits their entry, uh, then I'll use those as well. So this week I have one of my really good friends who's a photographer. You heard that right, a photographer. So when I started the podcast, I told you it was going to be about soccer and comedy. Then I was thinking a couple days ago, why not have people that I want to have on? Not necessarily always soccer players and comedians. So I asked my good friend James Anthony to come on and he agreed. So I sit down and I talk with him. But before I get into that, I want to share a little story. This past weekend, Jonah, Yami, Pat, Frankie, and Danny and Betty all came to the house and Jonah and Yami brought their kids and I, I, you know, we were just talking about stuff and, you know, a couple times I was like, oh yeah, that fucking thing over there and oh, you know, fuck this and fuck that. I wasn't overly cursing, but I was just naturally cursing, like just in conversation. And then Allie kept having to remind me, hey, there's kids here. Oh yeah. I'm not used to having kids around, so I don't necessarily watch what I say. Um, again, I don't overly curse uh, just when I'm talking, and I don't just say any and everything. Like, I know not everybody wants to talk about, you know, buttholes and nipples and farting and stuff like that. I know that. So there's some things I won't say around people because, you know, I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable and weird and stuff, you know, just cause I'm okay with talking about it. Doesn't mean everybody else is. So Allie kept having to remind me, Hey, you know, the kids are on the kids are on. Oh yeah, yeah. And it reminded me of a story of when my brother Greg brought Jason Bourne. Well, his name's Jason, but I call him Jason, Jason Bourne, which I turn into Jason Bourne's identity. It's a, it's an inside joke. Anyways, when me and Allie were living in Hermosa beach, my brother Greg brought Jason, his son, and they were visiting, I want to say, Jason was maybe two years old. And they come over, 
And it was cool because we would go to the beach uh, during the day. And then, you know, at night we'd walk either to Hermosa or the Manhattan Pier and we'd have dinner. And then usually at night, later in the, in the evening, we would take Jason to go have ice cream. So it was just, it was just this fun time that they'd come and spend like three, four days at a time. And we just absolutely loved it. So one time Greg brought Jason and we're hanging out and, you know, it's the middle of the day. We say, Hey, why don't we go to the beach? And I think it, was it later? It was later in the day. We would go, um, we'd walk from pier to pier looking for seashells. So we'd, you know, pick them up and we'd put them in a bag and Jason would take them. It was, it was a lot of fun. So one time I'm walking with Jason, you know, we're all walking, but I'm walking ahead with Jason and Greg says, Hey, do you have him? Are you watching him? And I said, yeah, of course I'm watching him. And I see a wave coming. And in my head, Jason's right next to me, right? You know, he's two or three. He's a tiny little guy. And I see this wave coming. And I went, oh, it gets closer. And I went, oh, shit. So I run away from the wave. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? I ran away from the wave, leaving Jason right there by himself. Luckily, my brother, having the fatherly instincts that he does, ran over and grabbed Jason right before the water, you know, God forbid, would have taken him away. So Greg grabs him and, you know, he's like, hey, are you okay? And Jason wasn't really painted like he didn't know what was going on. You know, he just thought, oh, wee, daddy's picking me up and a wave almost, you know, got me. And <laughs> Greg looks at me and goes, hey, man. Next time you do that shit, make sure you fucking take my son with you. And I went, what? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, I'm the adult. I have to look after the child, which makes sense, right? Um, but that's that was my problem at the time. I didn't think, oh, there's a little kid. I have to make sure that it's okay. Uh I shouldn't say it's okay. I, I should make sure that the baby, the kid is okay. Um, so I've definitely gotten better. Um, but when it comes to cursing, sometimes, usually like the first day, if there's a little kid around, I kind of, I'm, I'm free, free and fast with the cursing. And then it takes a couple times to like, Hey, don't fucking do that. Like, well, I don't say, it, but Allie tells me, Hey, don't do that. And, then I'm more mindful and then I try not to do it around the kids because I don't want the kids to learn how to curse, you know? So that was a little story I wanted to share with you guys. Now into the interview today, I have, like I said, my very good friend, James Anthony. He's a, he's an amazing photographer. If you guys go over to his Instagram, I'm going to pull it up real quick just to make sure I'm giving you the correct Instagram name. It's, it's at, I am James Anthony. Look him up on Instagram and look at his photos. Fucking amazing. Uh, we just talk about how we met and just his journey on uh, what, why he became a photographer and uh, some of the projects he's worked on. So I hope you enjoy it and we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back with James Anthony. All right, everybody, we're back with my guest today, James Anthony. Hey, man, thanks for being on the podcast. What's going on? What's going on? Thank you for having me. So let's jump into it. How did we meet? Ah, well, um, look, 
taking a trip back down memory lane, uh, we have we have a mutual friend, Tone Bell, who is actually someone that uh, I attended college with and brought me through uh, the fraternity of Alpha Phi Alpha. So yeah, Tone Bell is my fraternity brother, went to Savannah State, but he's also, uh, you know, a successful actor and comedian out here in Los Angeles. And um, I think you guys had met a couple of years prior on, I'm not sure if it was a marketing gig or, or what that was. Yeah, so I've known Tone for close to 20 years. Okay, so, okay. So when we met, how long have we known each other now? Like four or five years? Yeah, so what was, what was that? Was that 2016? You were yeah, still so, living in, you were still living in uh, Georgia. Yeah, I was still living in Georgia. So 2015, 2016, I believe. 2016. So yeah, that's about five years. Okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So it, I remember. Uh, I think it was on. I believe it was on set. It was yeah, on one of the sets. What are the shows he was on? So actually, it wasn't on a show he was on. He. Well, I think what happened was uh, Tone. I went with Tone to a show that Yvette was on oh yes was, yeah odd couple so now i remember set for yvette um yvette show and and the odd couple uh and uh he introduced us all that's when i first met yvette that's when i first met you and um and then i think after that you and i had like went back to the show just to kick it with yvette and you know we it, it just was uh you know, like-minded people kind of keep in contact. So it's yeah. like if, if someone's cool with Tom, more than like they will be cool too. So that's pretty much what it was. It was, uh, yeah, we were all on set during that time. He told me you were a photographer, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's all he said. He didn't say, oh, he's a, you know, really good photographer. Like this is what he does. He just said, oh yeah, you know, he's a photographer. And I thought, oh, okay, cool. And I didn't know what that entailed. And then I saw your stuff on Instagram and I went, holy shit like this guy is legit hey appreciate it man it's it's and, and it's funny when you say that because you never realize uh, i think what it is is you never realized what your uh interpretation like what other people's interpretation of your work is of course you yeah. always hope that you know it's it's held with in high regard but you know i'm out here just having fun i'm i'm out here creating and chasing a dream so it's in moments when uh people discover you and kind of relay how they, they feel about your work or you as a brand or person, that's when it's kind of like, oh, that's how you see it? All right, well, I appreciate it. So yeah. then it's, it's uh, yeah, I, I, I like to put my best foot forward. I'll say that. So yeah, I appreciate you it. You can definitely see it. At least I can definitely see it when I when I see your work, when I see your photos. They're, they're amazing. And for those, um, for those who want to check out your page, let them know where they can find you. Yeah, um, actually across all social media platforms, I am James Anthony. It's uh, I am like you're introducing yourself, James Anthony, no punctuation. And that goes from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok to uh, Clubhouse. So yeah, it's, it's, I try to keep it consistent. Amazing, amazing photos. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. So let's, let's bring it back a little bit. Uh, where, did, where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. And while well, I was born in actually, uh, I was born in New York City. I was born in Queens, actually, raised in Brooklyn. Later moved to uh, Maryland, the DMV area, PG County. 
where I went to high school. I was on um, a TV show out there and uh, called- What was the TV show? TV show was called Teen Summit. It was on BT. Oh, nice. I was on all four years of high school. And uh, during that time, I was also a character on a radio soap opera called What's the Deal, Yo, where I played an HIV positive 16-year-old. Um, yeah, so it really what it was, it was about raising awareness for the youth, just how, you know, stay away from drugs, stay away from, you know, gangs and all that good stuff. Yeah. So, I was doing those two projects simultaneously in Maryland uh, and then ended up getting a track and field scholarship to Savannah, Georgia, which is where I, uh, you know, continued to run, join a fraternity. I met Tone and a slew of other people that are, you know, currently still in my life. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's how I went from north to south. And then uh, shortly after graduating Savannah, I moved to Atlanta, stayed there for a couple of years, moved back to New York, moved back to Atlanta. And now I'm out here in L.A. right now. Nice. At what point in your life did you, so because you were on a sitcom, right? It was a, it was a sitcom. when It was, it was, uh, it was more so a current event teen talk show. So we would have weekly guests. It would air every Saturday at 1 PM on BT. And it was, it was like a talk show. So you'd have your main host uh, that would have guests come on and then directly to directly adjacent to the host, you would have, six teens up on stage so you could get our pov of the topics at hand so whether it's oh, okay uh, depression or suicide or or just you know current current events that were happening back then um it's pretty popular man and then I'm, I'm grateful for the experience because i've formed some friendships that i still have to this day so it, it was it was a great experience for me also being on a project while i was uh studying like my middle school all the way up until college, I've had the same major, which was communications or mass communications with focus in radio and TV broadcasts. And um, so while being a communication major in high school and also having those two jobs, it was just, it was a blessing. I was, I was, I'm still grateful for those experiences. So did you ever think from there, did you ever think to yourself like, Oh, maybe I want to be an actor. Acting was Acting is, but uh, back then it was my first love. Uh, I, I went to acting school in New York. Um, I went to, I took theater classes in, in high school, uh, minored in theater in college. But yeah, acting was always my first love. Even my freshman year in college, I had a, a, an assistant role in um, radio with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Alfred Woodard and Ed Harris. Um, and then oh, some nice. TV shows uh, as background talent on some TV shows and, and so to come out here, um, LA, I would always, I never really saw it being real, mm-hmm. but as um, photography picked up, I was like, you know what? I've, I've kind of played my hand in Atlanta. Let's see what, uh, let's see what Los Angeles has to offer. So yeah. I took a leap of faith. And, and when you have people that you know that went out there and, and um, chased a dream, it makes it that much more uh, attainable where you're like, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. So you know, when you have people, you know, I, I've had frat brothers, a Pooja Kahlo, who's a celebrity wardrobe stylist who came out here chasing the dream. And like I said, Tone, who came out here, had to struggle, but he, he, uh, and I remember visiting him when he first moved out here and, and humble beginnings. And, and, you know, <laughs> now he's, uh, I mean, the rest is history. So yeah, yeah, I was just chasing the dream. But yeah, acting was, has always been my number one um, thing I wanted to do. 
So then how did, how did you get into photography? You know, so I've always had a camera in my hand. Um, a lot of that has to do with my, my mother. Um, I've, I've been familiar with shooting on disposable cameras and, and getting those uh, rolls of film processed. Um, I, I was always the guy in high school on track meets that had the video camera, you know, creating uh, raw uh, content just as far as like comical um, kind of like hits from the streets that was also popular back then on BET. But when I got to college, again, Savannah, Georgia is a historical city, beautiful in, in its um, aesthetics. I started using that as a backdrop for the models, quote unquote, my friends uh, on campus that I would shoot. Mm -hmm. And I became known as the photographer on campus, the go-to. So uh, upon my senior year, people were like, yo, there's an internship at Vibe Magazine. You should take it. And I was like, all right, well, if I did that, it would be for a semester and it's in New York, it's in Manhattan. And I was like, yo, how cool would that be to go back home for about six months? And I, I did that. I, I interned at Vibe Magazine in the photo department for six months. And that literally um, had such a, a major influence as far as being introduced to editorial photography. And I fell in love. And uh, yeah, so after that, that was my, my chase, editorial photography. And, um, but the whole shift was, and again, I, I'm grateful for Clubhouse because I was able to tell Jamie Foxx this like a week and a half ago on Clubhouse, but Jamie Foxx was somebody who I modeled my whole, uh, ch my whole chase after, meaning yeah. uh, he was talented in multiple things. His main love was music. He tried to go into music. It didn't really pop like he wanted it to. So then he ended up in the whole acting and, and comedic space. Um, he became known for that. And then once all eyes were on him, he decided to say, hey, just to let you guys know, I also do music. Yeah. And then he gets Grammys and Oscar awards and all that. So I decided to say, instead of being the jack of all trades and the master of none, let me just focus on one thing. And at that time, photography was making me a little bit more changed than acting was because I was okay. in Savannah, Georgia. Not many things were being filmed there. So I said, you know what, let me really focus on photography. And um, that's the, the direction I decided to go. And um, so for the past 15, 16 years, it was mainly photography. And then my um, with the network that I started to build and the people I started to meet, I realized that I've started befriending a lot of people that were in front of the camera, but also in the industry as far as directors and producers, writers, et cetera. And I was like, yo, this is the perfect time. If I'm shooting uh, these people, I could make this pivot to motion photos, which is directing. Yeah. And if I want to, I can create the own, my own project where I'm able to star in it. And that's what kind of really prompted me a couple of years ago to start writing um, a short film and uh, I was that you're in, to, right? Yeah, I, I was able to co-write that with a friend from high school, Bethel Dixon. And um, yeah, so I, I it was I co-wrote it, I directed, I produced it, and I starred in it. And and uh, as of last year, nice I was able to uh, get some film festival accolades, including best actor. So no I, shit, I really. And it was a oh, that's awesome. Film. Yeah, I got two best actor awards from two different film festivals. So that what? Congratulations, man. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Oh, that makes me super happy. Yeah, man. Thank you. I remember when I saw, I think you posted something on your Instagram, and I believe it was the artwork. I'm I'm assuming it was the poster. 
Yeah, yeah, yep. Exactly. And then I remember I, I reached out to you and I was like, whoa, what's going on with this? And then, you know, you told me a little about a bit about it. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's awesome that it went from that to, you know, you getting awards for it. Cause I mean, I, I think that's something when something we all want to achieve when you start something, not necessarily you're doing it for the awards, but once it's out and you put it out there, it's nice to be recognized. Right. Correct. Yeah. And it's one of those things too, where I did it not to get accolades at all, but it was more so, um, a kind of a, a proof of concept that you can uh, go out and do something. Like I'm, I'm really big on just the follow through as far as the dream is concerned. It's like, if you have the dream, all right, everybody can have a dream, but it's not real until there's a plan to attain it. So my whole thing was like, all right, let's make this happen. If I want to become a director, what's the fastest way to do that? And again, I'm always thinking of the fastest way, not saying I'm looking for the shortcut, but I'm yeah. also realizing that time isn't on our side you know we're getting older yeah. you know uh, youth fades and all this stuff so i'm like while i still have this freedom i don't have any children right now and i can move uh more freely i'm like yo the time is now to kind of get this ball rolling and i'm not getting any younger so the whole thing was to create this project and from that um you know i told you i wanted to kind of make that shift into directing and because of the film that uh, I was able to work on with uh, my co-producer, Bethel Dixon. She just submitted um, our previous project uh, for a film fellowship that's going on this year. And we just got a grant to produce our second film. So what? the beauty in that is the first film was crowdfunded, you know, based off of my network, my family, my friends, and all my supporters, we were able to raise about uh, $12,000 to, to produce the 19-minute short film Crossroads. And now we've been given a grant, double that amount, to create a 10-minute short um, in New York City. So the, the cool thing about that is, again, the stipulation for this grant is that this upcoming film has to be filmed in New York City, which is my hometown. And my previous co-producer and co-writer tapped me on the shoulder was like hey I would love for you to direct this so again speaking things into nice. uh, fruition and, and all about manifestation I said I wanted to direct more and here we are I'm able to get my second film funded completely and I'm just I'm, I'm grateful for this journey man really Yo, that's awesome to go back really quick how did you how did you talk to Jamie Foxx so if, if the viewers aren't privy to this there's a app on uh, there's an app out it's called clubhouse and it's an audio based app uh the only visuals you see are just the photos of everyone's icon but it's yeah it's essentially a platform where you can go and just have open dialogue with people from all over the world and a lot of how it initially started out uh was a, a very serious networking platform where business deals were being made um, partnerships were being made, friendships were being made, even love connections I've heard <laughs> since it started. But um, there was a room where Jamie Foxx came on to talk about um, his impact on the industry and his role in um, the, the recent animated film that he's in. And they opened the floor up for questions. Yeah. And I, hey, I tapped on the, uh, the raise your hand symbol and once I had an opportunity to talk to him, I just, I just, I wanted to give him his flowers because I'm definitely not one to 
kind of uh, be thirsty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was one of those things. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> it's one of those, you know, because if an opportunity presents itself and it seems like I'm going to have to be like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. I'm like, this ain't the time. I'm not trying to do all of that. So yeah. it, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. And I knew the moderators on stage. So I was like, you know, let me just hop up here and just say my piece because it was one of those, um, I wanted to give him his flowers because it was Clubhouse where a lot of my following may have been privy to my work. And they may say, James, you know, you're, you're we love what you do in, in the industry. And we want to know how you started. And I realized that every time I would tell my story, Jamie Foxx's name would always be in it, just like, pre, you know, a few minutes ago in this discussion. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm always mentioning this man's name, and and I kind of followed his blueprint as far as focus on that one thing. Once everybody has your, once you have everyone's attention, then kind of show your hand and let them know all that you can do. So yeah. I just wanted him to uh, know that, and uh, yeah, we had a, a cool exchange, and I'll be grateful for that. I actually, recorded it. You know. Did you? Oh, I didn't screen recorded it, but I yeah, recorded yeah, yeah. it on my iPad just for, you know, memories. Yeah, of course. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, man. It's old school. One of my friends, Rachel, she she told me about Clubhouse. And I don't really know. I ha- I think I've only been on there like once or twice. And she keeps encouraging me like, yo, you got to get on there. You got to get on there. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's my fault. I really don't know what I'm doing. But yeah. it's one of those things where I guess I... I should get out of my comfort zone and just try it. Cause I mean, I'm doing this, which is definitely out of my comfort zone, but I'm doing it. So. And when you go, why not? Like the appeal to clubhouse is that it feels like an interactive podcast. You know, a lot of these podcasts, they're pre-recorded and once they go up, you listen to it and that's it. Yeah. But here you have these rooms of all types of categories and topics and people talking about everything from A to Z so it's like, if you walk into a room and it's a topic that you're interested in, you can, I've literally made some really cool connections with people that I'm looking forward to meet. Um, I have some people in Tokyo now that I'm looking forward to meet based off of Clubhouse. Um, nice. Some people in London that I'm looking forward to meet once Outside opens back up. So if you go in there with the intent, not for it to be um, a time drainer, but more so as a network networking tool, it can definitely be that. Okay. So yeah, I, I would implore you. It's like, because essentially what you're doing right now is what you would be doing on Clubhouse just without the camera in your face. Oh, okay. Well, I do have, I have a, a, a room I'm joining later. Me and Allie are going to join our friend, Rachel. She has a, uh, she started a traveling uh, chat room. Yeah. So she just said, Hey, can you guys hop on? So we're going to try it out. So I was like, yeah, you know what? Let me try it. Let's see what happens. Do it, do it. Getting back to taking pictures, photography, mm-hmm. is there, is it fair to say you have a certain style of taking photographs? You know, if I were to say that, if I were to respond, I, I think in my interpretation, I'll say this, the most consistent commentary that I've gotten on my work is, oh man, it's so clean. It's so vibrant. Um, it, it's, it's so crispy. So over the years, literally the, probably the most used adjective 
when referring to my work has been it's so clean um, okay then i at first i would take i'm like oh man that's dope thanks but then somewhere along the line i started feeling a little resentful i'm like does clean mean like safe you know what I'm yeah. like, does it mean not good enough does it mean not moody uh does it mean not gritty because it's kind of like when you have straight hair, you want curly hair. When you have curly hair, you want straight hair. When you're like yeah. you, you want to be dark and vice versa. So when I kept getting the adjective clean, I'm like, well, shit, I want to be gritty. I want to be moody. I want to be all this other stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I appreciate it because, um, hey, if, if clean and alluring and vibrant um, is what I am, it's kept me booked and busy. So it is what it is. You know, some of my favorite pictures that you take, that I love is when you take a photo, for example, I'm going to use a vet. When you took the pictures of a vet, it was just a, a white, it, it was, it was uh what? I think it was a white wall. Yeah, it was, it actually was a white wall, I believe. And it was, it was the wall of the uh, lot. The yeah. The soundstage, was, right? Uh, the, the soundstage. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll let you continue. No, 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 that's okay. And it's it's the photo of her. And then I believe it was to the left. If you look at it, it was you're drawing, like you're drawing her in. So it, it looks like pencil sketching, and then it's all of a sudden it's her. Like it's 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 her in color. The first time I saw that, I went, What the fuck is this? And then I remember you taking you were working on the photos while she was shooting and we were on the floor, uh, you know, in that little room. Yeah. I just kind of peeked over and I was like, oh, is that some of your, and you're like, oh yeah, just, you know, a little thing I'm working on. And I was like, hey man, that's really nice. And then I started looking at your Instagram and I started looking at it and I was like, how, I mean, I'm, I'm not that smart. And that was blowing my mind. I was like, holy shit. I kept showing everybody. I was like, dude, look at like, I don't, I don't even know how he does it. And I was watching him do it. Yeah, man. It's uh, you're referring to something that I started a couple of years ago, ago called uh, hashtag James shoots and draws. And essentially it's, it's self-explanatory. I'm James Anthony. I shoot and I draw. Yeah. And James shoots and draws is the merger of, both my photography and my illustration skill. Um, drawing was probably the first thing that I ever started doing as a, as a young kid in New York. Uh, even before acting, it was I had a, an interest in sketch and, and uh, creating comic books. Um, and, you know, my tattoos I've drawn on my back. And, and um, so it's, it's always been something a part of me. And, and it was somewhere along the line where social media came out and we're showing, okay, yeah, I'm a photographer, but it in the in the whole you know the thing I was mentioned earlier jack of all trades it was like yeah photography is cool but there's other stuff I'm interested in and I didn't feel like I had to stay in this box of only being a photographer so I wanted to have a little more fun with my images and put sketches on top of them and and the rest is history man like James Houston draws has so many reposts over a million impressions on social media so I'm just grateful for all of the networks uh, and all the people I've been able to meet and work with because of it, like mind blown. I've had some of the biggest gigs in my career uh, come from people finding me from James Shoots and Draw. So really, it, 
yeah, to me, it's just a testament on like, yo, if you feel something in your gut that you want to produce, do it and then just share it because you never know where, where it can take you. Yeah. I've never, I mean, I'm not one, I'm not the authority of, you know, oh, I know everything about photography. Definitely not. But I've never seen something like that before. So when I saw it, it definitely grabbed my attention. And I thought to myself, wow, this is really unique and um, creative, you know, and I, man, the, 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 the pictures you showed me and the pictures that I went through, I think it was, I mean, I'm sure, I think it was the first time we met and you were like, oh yeah, you know, I got an Instagram. I came back and I remember going through just photo after photo on Instagram. And I was like, Allie, you know, I, I was telling Allie, I was like, baby, look at this one, baby, look at this one. And then I think maybe by the 20th or 30th photo, she's like, are you just going to show me all of his pictures? I'm like, yeah, but because this is fucking amazing, you know? And then getting back to the, um, to your photos looking clean, I definitely would agree with that when you're taking photos of people and, and the colors that pop out, I would definitely describe that as clean. Cause it's, I mean, I would also describe it as vibrant. When I see your photos, I don't feel like the color is taking away from the subject. It's enhancing it. And even that is, is amazing. Cause I mean, I can see, you know, I've seen other photographers and they take a picture and it, lo it looks nice. But then when I look at yours, I'm like, wow, like you just tie everything together. Just the way you do it is, is, I mean, it's, it's amazing and it's great. And I love it. And I think because you're my friend, I'm even more excited and I talk you up even more. I think that has something to do with it also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no bias. No, no, I appreciate, it. I appreciate that. I really do. Um, and, and I say that because majority of uh, me being able to sustain myself has come from support from support from friends, support from people that don't even know me. And like you said, people that may come across my page and like, hey, look at this. Um, so I am like truly appreciative of everyone that bookmarks and shares my work because it, it it's a, again, it's a reminder. It serves as a reminder where it's like, yo, if you create from the heart and, and consistently, uh, again, the, the two things, persistence and consistency, I feel like are the two key things for me that have made the biggest difference. Just being um, consistent with the work that I put out, but being persistent in a, in a sense of, even in those times when things seem slow, it's just like, yo, even if I'm not booked by someone, I'll make sure that I'm booking myself creatively where I'm out here creating more passion projects that you know stays on people's radar. So I, I always try to stay cognizant of that. Yeah. When you're, when you're taking your photos, do you have a certain idea going into a shoot or is it, is it like a mix? Is it, this is what I want. And then as you're there taking photos, you go, you know what, let me try this, that you didn't necessarily go into the project uh, looking for something. Does that make sense? I think, I think it's always a mixture of both. Uh, before any photo shoot, I always like to have some type of outline of what the overall goal is. Um, and, and I think uh, true artistry is always uh, the inspiration that you can draw from whatever 
you know, scenario presents itself, you know, cause there's plenty of times where you may outline something or plan it and it may not go as planned, but yeah. how you can pivot in that moment. That is, I always tell people entrepreneurship, not even dealing with photography alone, but entrepreneurship, the art of it weighs heavily on how you are able to problem solve. So I feel like even in moments of like, oh man, the sun didn't, you know, shine like it said it was going to, or uh, this parking lot that we were going to shoot in ironically or, or randomly, um, you know, there was a filming here that we didn't know about. So now we can't shoot here. It's like, all right, well, how can we pivot and make this work? Uh, and, and I always feel like I'm good at keeping my composure and, and making sure that uh, everything stays in line. But uh, yeah, I always just try to, I try to have an outline, you know, whether it be a mood board, mood board, concept board. And um, once we get to the location, that's when those spurred of the moment um, inspirations can kind of lead you elsewhere. But the goal is always to execute what the ultimate vision was. Okay. Do you always carry a camera with you? You know, I don't say always, but every time I try, every time I get on a plane, I always have my camera. Okay. Um, and it was a period of time, like after college, like during college and like when I was first getting into photography, uh, I would always have my camera with me, always. But then it got to a point where I'm like, I'm tired of taking photos. And <laughs> I, would leave, I mean, I would leave it, you know, cause also when you start showing up to places, oh, James is here, take a picture. You know, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. But now, um, you know, like if I'm, going out for the day i may not bring my camera it all depends on where i'm going but anytime i get on a plane uh, i always bring my camera with me i try to bring my whole pelican case that has all my equipment but um if i'm not booked on a shoot i won't bring the whole pelican case but if i'm traveling on a plane i'll always bring my camera because i've actually had situations where i may fly east coast i may fly to dc and while i'm out there someone's like hey I see you on the East Coast. You think you can fly to New York for uh, a shoot? I'm like, yep, I sure yeah. can. Um, so, and then, you know, I've been on, you know, I've had opportunities to be on flight passes and stuff like that. So there may be a time where I fly to New York and I'm out there for a little longer than expected. And hey, I want to go to Italy. So I'll go to Italy and I got my camera with me. And um, so I'll try to keep it on me when I'm going on long trips. Okay. When you're somewhere for the day, you know, like that's local, I'll keep it home. Yeah. When you're out and about, are you constantly looking at? Always. You, ex you know exactly what I'm about to ask you. Are you always looking, are, like, are you always looking at the world through, hey, that would be a nice picture. Hey, that would be. Any, anybody that ha anybody that specializes or focuses in a particular field, they can all attest to them having a heightened sense of awareness of whatever that field is. So it's like, if you're an audio engineer, when you hear movies or hear uh, albums, you hear it differently than someone that isn't in your field. When you're, you know, when you're a dancer, you're going to look at music videos differently. You're going to be focusing on different things. If you're a director, you're going to be watching films, movies, and videos differently. And yeah. when you're a photographer, it's the same. Or, you know, like if you're a chef, you're going to be judging a lot more critically than the average uh, consumer would. But 
being a photographer, I, I, I kind of correlated to kind of like a gift and a curse. It's almost, it's almost like you have a sixth sense that you can't let go of. So it's like every time I may go, I may go on a CVS for uh, lotion. Yeah. And I walk past, I walk in CVS and I may be stopped in my tracks based off of the billboard or the banner that's up in the makeup aisle because the image may be striking. And I'll walk up to the image of the woman with her eyes open and I'll get real close and look in her eyes to see the catch light. So I oh, can wow. decipher how they lit this subject to get like this because the ultimate goal is as a photographer, none of us want to be a starving artist. So it's like, all right, well, if I can get a Revlon campaign or a L'Oreal campaign, I would have to shoot similarly to these ads in order to get their attention. So yeah. never fails. Every time I walk into a drugstore or a Target, Target especially, Target probably is on my radar to, it's on my, my uh, list to pitch to kind of shoot one of their campaigns. But uh, yeah, it kind of stops me on my track. I may look with a uh, just a real critical eye of how it was retouched, what type of lighting uh, was used, um, how many lights uh, were used, and all of that. So, yo, that's crazy. I'm always looking at things a lot more critically. I mean, obviously, for somebody who's not a photographer, I would never, I would never think about that. I just look at the yeah. picture and go, "Oh, that's a nice picture," and that's yeah. as far as it goes. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Getting into some technical side, the kind of camera you use, is it? Is it critical, the kind of camera you're using? Like, let's say you're taking landscape as opposed to, um, or like if you're outside taking pictures of nature, as opposed to shooting a person, does it really matter much in the camera or is it more in the settings? It's more in the, the person behind the lens. Um, it's more on what you can do, like, I shot my first wedding on a Sony CyberShot, which is smaller than a cell phone. Uh, oh, wow. Just as, it was probably a little smaller and a, a little, maybe about this width, this thickness, but about this size. Okay. Um, and again, this was pre, this might've been 05, 2005 or so. But all that to say is it's never the equipment because you have photographers that are, that have one of my homies, um, I just saw on Instagram, some of his work as a photographer is up on billboards right now just for using his iPhone. You know, you people that uh, make a living off of shooting high fashion editorials on disposable cameras. So I don't ever feel like it's the equipment. It's always the eye of the person behind um, wow. the equipment. Now, okay. that all that is based off of who your client is as well, because say your client is uh, you know, uh, BMW and you, you have to shoot a car campaign. There's obviously some restrictions that um, a disposable camera, the final product won't give you based off of, you know, a higher end, maybe full format uh, camera. So the equipment is more important then. But as far as execution and just imagery, you don't need a specific camera to, um, to create amazing imagery the specifications may just come based off of the client um saying all right well we need it to be in this resolution and we need yeah. it to have this lighting and all of that so uh yes yeah, as, as long as you have the desire to to learn and and the uh, 
your artistic eye and maybe the technical know-how, you can create some dope work on on the crappiest camera. So can you take a can you take an average camera and then in post, right? Is that what you would call it? Yeah. Like post, after you take it? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and what? Like in post, would you be able to, like, is that where you fix everything? Like, where you, like, color correct things? Like, oh, I want this or that well, in it? Anytime you shoot anything, uh, you can pretty much color correct. That's pretty much the 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 operation on how photography works where it's like, all right, well, you shoot whatever. You may do minor adjustments in post, but the idea, the goal is always to get it right in camera, like before you even take out the memory card or, or take the film or process the film. Yeah. To get it right in camera because it makes the post in uh, that much easier. Uh, but yeah, there's certain things you can't do depending on what you're shooting with. You know, like if, if you're shooting a low res JPEG, JPEG image, there's going to be certain things you're not able to do um, as if you had a raw image that's a lot, a lot larger and contains a lot more information um, just for the simple fact that it's a lower grade of image. So there's certain things you can't do and certain things you can't do. Okay. Do you take, do you only take digital photos or do you also do film? I started with film, but currently I, I only shoot digital. Not that I'm opposed to shooting film. I'd, I'd love uh, to kind of, you know, get back into that, but currently just shooting film. You're TV. currently shooting film or you're currently shooting I'm digital? Just, well, yeah, currently I was shooting. I like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, a different thing. No, nah, currently shooting uh, digital only. It just keeps things easier. Uh, yeah. And, and I can I have a lot more freedom as far as how many frames I take. Uh, especially yeah. when it comes to James shoots and draws when they're animated. Because when you, when you're shooting film, it gives you a different look, right? Yeah, it does. Um, I mean, I'm some of these questions might sound dumb. Just I don't, I don't know much about shooting other than like I, I think I told you I used to work at Disneyland as a photographer. Oh, did wow. I ever tell you that? Yeah. So I worked there and. Um, Wait, is that when they call you a cast member? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I when I got the job, they had told me, or they had asked me in the interview, like, "Oh, do you know anything about you know, you know, film, uh, shooting pictures?" And I was like, "I I really don't know." They said, "Oh, don't worry about it. We'll teach you." So they taught me how to frame a photo, but I never messed with the settings. Like the settings were were already put into the camera or already adjusted because they want a uniform look. So they're not necessarily looking for anything that you are. Um, right. It's just more of, Hey, capture the, the subject. They need a human tripod. Yeah. yeah. So, it's so like, frame it like this, the settings are already there. Just shoot. Yes. So that that's all, that's all I know about shooting. So, I mean, I can frame things up. I know to, you know, not necessarily show the feet cut off at the knees. Uh, you know, if you're getting a, a, a tight shot, something like what, how I look in the picture right now. Uh, I mean, I know basic things like that, but when it comes to like, what is it like iOS? Is that a thing? iOS is. As or is that the phone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, as far as Mac. Uh, Apple, uh, 
<laughs> what is nah, it called? But, uh, you can have an operating system, uh, you know, but you mean EOS. Uh, EOS. There, there we go. go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> He's like, one of those. <laughs> and then is it different? Like, is like, what's the difference between a Nikon and a Canon? Or is it just mostly the name? Um, sometimes it can be color profile, uh, how each camera may um, process the color, like once the image is captured. Yeah. It can be color profile, it can be resolution. But ultimately, um, it's like Nike, Reebok, and Adidas. They're all shoes. They're all, they all serve the same purpose. And you can run a mile in all of them. Yeah. So it really just depends on your preference and and your 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 style but uh they can all get the job done okay so let me ask you do you have a certain project that you worked on that you thought like is it fair to say do you have a favorite project you've worked on even 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 most recently i think one of the 2020 was probably the best year of my career, uh, just for the opportunities that fell my way. But shooting Usher for his Vegas residency of 2021 was a highlight. But I think one of my most memorable experiences was probably working with Regina King. I was just going to say that. Yeah, working for Regina King with the Emmys, because for one, it was it was a multitude of things that made it stand out for me. And one of those being um, it was a reminder saying, yo, because years ago I decided to bet on myself, which means uh, decided to leave corporate America because I was unhappy. I was like, I'd rather chase my dream and be unhappy until I am happy rather than be unhappy working for someone else and not knowing when uh, the end would be. Uh, so I'm like, there's more promise in, in me betting on myself than there is in me going into working at this call center I was working at back then. And uh, so I it, I just kept reminding myself like, yo, it's because I made the decision to post my James shoots and draws on social media where Wayman and Micah, her wardrobe team, reached out to me and said, hey, James, we wanna shoot uh, Regina King for the Emmys and we wanted to do something creative. And we thought of you. And I think that's what I was affected by the most where more so recently when people say, hey, we wanted to do something creative and you're the first person we thought about. And I'm like, yo, that, that was the whole purpose for me showing that I was more than just a photographer. Yeah. Um, and, and me betting on myself kind of created all these opportunities to come my way. So forever grateful for that. But even aside from that being a memorable experience in that regard, as far as me putting myself out there, but one, I mean, two, it was Regina King. She's you know, a legend as yeah. far as her skill. I've been watching her my whole life. And I've always resonated with her too, just because her, Regina King and my mother are around the same age. So I've always felt a connection to Regina. Um, and even in her latter projects um, within the last six years, I've always been impressed by her skill set as a thespian. It's just so impressive. And a multi-hyphenate um, individual as well. She directs, she's a voice actress. She's, you know, a, um, an actress. So I just felt a relation, uh, a connection to her in that regard. And then lastly was, that's probably the most stressed out I've ever been on a project. Really? Just because, uh, you know, when people say, oh man, I was up for three days straight. 
executing that Regina King project before the red carpet Emmys, I literally stayed up for three days nonstop. And I'm not even saying, oh, I'm not even exaggerating like three days and then I had a two hour nap. Yeah. Literally stayed up for three days. No shit, really? So by the end, I'm sending it off. They're like, all right, we're, we're, you know, it airs tonight. I'm like, all right, uh, here's the final, final. Uh, Here you go, take this one. By the end of that project, I was so fatigued and mentally tired. I just wanted to cry. Like, that's how tired I was. It wasn't, my feelings weren't hurt, but I just wanted to cry because I didn't know what else to feel because I was so exhausted, Um, but then grateful at the same time. And it's always, I always joke like, I'm always grateful for, for the projects when they come, but because of the pressure that it, you know, uh, rises or raises it, I'm always like, I can't wait till this is over. I can't wait till this is over. So I'm, I'm super excited once I get it, but then once I'm in the thick of it, I'm like, man, I can't wait till it's over. And yeah. then once it's over, you kinda, you don't necessarily forget about the pain you were in, but everything seems uh, blurry. Just kind of like when women give birth, they're like, oh my God, this is the worst pain. I'll never have another kid. And then a week later, they're like, oh my God, I love this little baby. I'll have yeah, another Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that where it's a labor of love and you you really gotta, I'm, I get excited to get in the ring with myself a lot just because I'm a lot of times I put the, the fire under my own butt to be able to execute bigger and better than I previously have. So there were many parts of that Regina King, Emmy's red carpet experience that uh, just stood out for me within a, out of my whole career. So I was, I'll be grateful for that for, for many years ago. So is it one of those things where you enjoy it more when it's done after you're done with it or is so much going on that you don't necessarily enjoy it when it's happening? I always, I always try to take a moment to silently uh, like really appreciate the moment as it's happening, but then that's quickly overwhelmed by the the angst of like all right well you have a deadline now so like let's get to work put all those feelings yeah. of gratitude and, and excitement to the side let's get to work so it, it really allows me to focus and then toward the end it's like whew, i did it and of course just like anything uh, once you get the the reaction from the masses i think that's when it's like okay i did my best and and when when you find out that it's well received that's just the icing on the cake so. Yeah, dude, I remember I saw that. I saw I saw you do something on your Instagram. I was like, wait, is that Regina King? And then I ended up seeing like a, what would you call it? Like a featurette? A segment? On, yeah, a segment on, uh, you might've seen it on E. Uh, yes, that's exactly where I, where I saw it. And I yeah. saw you and I went, wait, what? And I mean, every time, Anytime I see a friend, especially a friend, and it's not necessarily, oh, I see a friend on TV. It's, I see a friend succeeding in the field that they're a professional in, and that makes me even happier. Again, it's not like, oh, look, they're on TV. Yeah, whatever. But it's, holy shit, look what they're doing. I was over the moon about it. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe. And then, you know, a couple of days after I saw more stuff on your Instagram and I was like, Whoa, this is really cool. Like, dude, just, so if I can pay you a compliment, I don't think I've ever told you, 
I have a couple friends in my life who are very hardworking. And you're one of those friends where I see you, you know, I'm not with you day in and day out, but the times I've seen you working and even when you're not working, just in talking to you, you're very uplifting, motivating and fucking hardworking, man. And when I started this podcast, when I was thinking about it, I thought, who do I want to model myself after? And you're one of those people who I thought I want to be like, I want to be like James Hmm. because I mean, so far, just, just the way you talk, you know, not on, not on camera, but off camera as well is so motivating. And you're like, Hey, if you're not going to do it yourself, who is, you have to do it. And Fuck man, like I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to uh be I'm I'm trying to be more like you, especially now that I'm that I'm doing this. And um, you know, I want to thank you for being such a influential person, even though you may not have known. So um, but but I, I wanted to tell you uh just that's that's something that, that I wanted to share with you. You know. Uh, I appreciate that, man. I really do. Um, it's it's a weird thing to hear sometimes. Uh, I'm I'm always grateful, but you know what it is is the entrepreneurship, the entrepreneur journey for me and and many people has have has been really difficult. Well, I'll speak from my account. It was always difficult because you know it was like go to high school, get, you know, go to college, um, get a degree, get a good job. That was always the, the order of operation. But when you do everything you're supposed to do, and then you graduate in the middle of a recession and realize that there aren't any jobs in the major in the field that you studied, and you're like, I did everything I was supposed to do. Like, how, how, how is there not a job for me? Um, it made me definitely feel lesser than and and kind of like, did I waste my time because I can't get a job in what I spent all this money on? Uh, so chasing a dream, a lot of people don't always understand your desire to do it. And they, they may not even, even understand like how seriously you see it, but it's kind of like going against the grain where it's always like, yo, get the job. I mean, you know, uh, get the stability, have a life and, you know, live happily ever after. But when you're doing something that um, no one previously has really said, be your own boss and do these things on your own accord and, and, you know, chase your dream, even if it's not definite. The journey found, I found myself in two serious bouts of depression during that whole journey you know, over within those 15, 16 years where it was just like, am I doing the right thing? You know, like, should I just stop now? Uh, but then it was always like, but you've invested too much of your time to, to kind of let go and, and to, to leave it all on the table. But there were serious times where I'm like, am I doing enough? Um, I'm being kicked out of my apartment. I can't pay these bills. Sally Mae is calling me. Boy, I was willing to sacrifice all of that because I always saw the bigger picture. And, and many people aren't 
mentally in the headspace to say, I'm willing to risk it all to bet on myself because I see the bigger picture at the end of the road. So it's like, I always saw the bigger picture, meaning like I could be my own boss, but I never knew how I was going to get there. And I never knew what that journey was going to look like, yeah. but I would rather have had been homeless and um, dodging these bill collectors all while chasing the dream. If I would have known for certain, it would have gotten me to this point right now. So those moments were extremely dark where it's just like, I, I would be an embarrassment to everyone if I don't succeed. So I'd rather, you know, you know, your mind just goes in these dark places. Yeah. So again, I say all that to say, when you can have a friend that can tell you something like that, which you just told me, um, and I've had uh, some other friends in, in New York. I, I had a one friend in New York say like, bro, I don't think you understand how influential you've been in my career, but it's always those comments that at the drop of a dime, I can weep. I can weep because what it does is it takes me back to the incredibly dark times that I've been uh, where I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel, where yeah. I, I didn't know how this was going to all end. And I was just like, man, this is, I should just give up. So if, if I'm able to inspire other people and kind of be something to someone else that I, I didn't necessarily have, then I'm, I'm always grateful for that. But uh, again, it always, gets me right here. Even when you said, I was like, man, if you only knew. So I, I almost feel obligated because I don't want anyone to kind of feel how I was feeling during those times. And I don't ever want anyone to kind of be like, man, can I do it? It's just like, yeah, anybody can do it as, as long as you create the blueprint. Because everyone has dreams. Oh, I dream of this, I dream of that. And I was just telling my wife the other day, I said, you know, a scary feeling. Uh, and when I say scary, it's in quotation scary probably meaning more it's a it's an empowering feeling but knowing that anything that i have said that i wanted to do i have done as far as up until this point so now when i say i want to create and produce an, an oscar winning animated short film that's on my agenda before i turn 45 you know and and i'm think i'm in the process of producing a scripted series for you know a streaming service that's on my agenda to do before I turn 45. So um, it's just, it just goes like once one goal is attained, then new ones spark. But the ones that have, the ones that are on my plate that I know are gonna take more time to kind of really um, like harvest, I know those are the special ones. Those are the ones that are gonna hit people uh, for years to come. So if people watch Crossroads and that story resonates with them, I'm grateful because it was my story. You know, so if, if people see my journey from photographer to director to actor and writer and producer, I'm grateful because this is my journey. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. You just got to find a gumption within yourself to say, this is going to be a journey and this is a marathon, yeah. not a sprint. So that's one thing that has kept me through. So I appreciate that. bro. Well, so far, what I know about you is I know you have not only the will, but you have the talent to get to get yourself to those achievements that you want to achieve. And I hope nothing but the best for you, man. And sometimes every, every little, every one of your little successes, it makes me feel good. Cause I'm like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. That's not, that's not just somebody who's being successful. That's one of my friends being successful. And I hope that, I mean, I feel like I can be more vocal about it with you. Um, 
and not, you know, sometimes I feel like, oh, maybe I should shoot him off a text. And I'm like, ah, maybe not because maybe I'm bothering him. But maybe I should put that aside and um, try to try to let you know a little more. Because like I said, you've definitely impacted my life. And uh, I'm, I'm forever, forever grateful for that. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And, and, and also when you were talking, uh, when you were talking, I got a little glossy eyed too. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm telling you, it's 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 great. And you know what it is? It's there are I'm I'll, I'll be the first to admit I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. Same. Um, so my my church, when people can say I went to church and I wept, for me, I can listen to a motivational speaker talking about overcoming your fears and and pushing through, and I can weep from that because that's my testimony. You know, yeah. like that's. That's what I've lived. So when I hear Steve Harvey talk, Chris Chris Rock talk, I mean, uh, Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haddish, Oprah, uh, Tyler Perry, when I hear these people tell their stories, it always hits me here because I feel like, yo, I was, I was at a point where I was crashing on my fraternity brothers, my LB's couch for a year. And all of that stemmed from me losing my apartment because I didn't want to work a nine to five because I'm like, I got to chase my dream. So, uh, yeah, man, it, it's it's a full circle moment of having those memories and, and even sitting here talking to you right now. So kudos to you on starting this because you've always been easy to talk to even when I first met you. So I'm interested to see who else you bring on here and how this will grow for you. So I so I started the podcast as a soccer and comedy podcast, right? And then when I was talking to Ali about having you on, I thought to myself, well, he's a photographer. He's not a soccer player. He's not a comedian. But then I thought, why not have you on? It's my fucking podcast. I can talk to whoever, whenever I want. Yeah, I'm going to do it. And it's mostly, not only do I want the audience to get to know me more in getting to know me, it's getting to know you. You're a part of my life. You're a part of, you know, how I, how I'm going forward in this, in this business of my podcast. So I thought to myself, why not have you on? Cause there's nobody telling me no other than myself. And I sure as hell is it. And I'm not going to tell myself no. So that sign back there. Yeah. The only person who can stop you is yourself. I like that. That's it. Bro. That's the only, the only person who can stop you. And when you're, when you're your own boss, even the nose, they're not really knows. They're just maybe not right now or yeah. maybe not right now while this person is the boss. But one, once that boss leaves, somebody else will be like, oh, my God, I love you. Come on board. So, yeah, yeah no one can stop you but yourself. If we can end with a little lightheartedness, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, I wanted to share a story about how um, when Tone was on. Uh, you know where you're going. <laughs> When Tone was on FAM show uh, sitcom, we would, I'd always, I'd always wait for you to go to craft services. So just so everybody knows, um, when, when we would go to the taping, we would sit on what they call the floor. So we have our our own little room with other, uh, you know, invited guests and we could see the show being taped. We see, you know, there's, there's two, um, TVs. There's one TV with the four cameras. So we see what the cameras see. And then we see what 
potentially would be the finished product. So when they're cutting two back and forth, you know, you just see it like a regular TV. So we're in this room. And then if you walk out into the left behind all the, you know, behind the set, you have craft services and they have everything. And during, during the, during the shape, during the, the taping, um, they'll, they'll switch food out. So, you know, sometimes they'll have, uh, whatever it is, pizza, desserts, any, any, and everything you, you can think of. So what I really liked was I'd wait for you to show up. Cause I'd usually get there a little early yeah. and I'd wait for you to show up. And then I'd go craft yeah. services. Yeah, let's you ready? Yeah. <laughs> and we'd go over and we'd start eating. And it was, you know, a little, you know, a little this, Hey, try this, try this. And because your wife is a chef, I would always tell you, Hey, I want you to try it and tell me what you taste, what you think of things. That was, that was one of my favorite things to do. That was one of my highlights of first moving here. I'm like to move here. And then you have this, you know, cause based on you coming from the East coast, but then to, you kind of, uh, come out here and, and have a built-in um, tribe, you know, so I'd be able to see you guys weekly. But then, again, the most popular room in any house is the kitchen. So oh, yeah. if we're showing up on set and then we get to walk over to the craft service area and, and have good food and then even after the show, go to Tone's dressing room and, you know, drink or whatever. It was just one of those things that I would look forward to, again, like you said. You, on one hand, I'm looking over, seeing my homie winning, succeeding at something that he he's dream chasing and, he, and he's succeeding right now. But and then on the other hand, you got good food. Then on this hand, you got good people that you're you know you're you're able to network with and but then also build with. Uh, and there's this thing on my stories that I do every once in a while. I call Fat Boy Chronicles. <laughs> Fat Boy Chronicles I, is something that I remember I you would say that. Because craft services has like all these crazy ass desserts, and anybody that knows me is that there's like this little fat, obese, diabetic man inside. And, same, you know, I'm same here. Shoving sweets down my mouth, and uh, yeah. So, and little side story, I uh, <laughs> in that weird transition, like when I was trying to figure out what I was gonna do after the pandemic. I mean, uh, the recession when I graduated college there was this time period where I also know how to make cakes like fondant that make you know look like things so I used to sell cakes and and cheesecakes and pies what and I had to stop after that because I was also a personal trainer at the time but I realized I started gaining weight because when you carve these cakes to look like things I would find myself sitting in front of a tv eating cake like crumbled up cake excess and just yeah. icing, just milk, <laughs> just watching TV. And I would think it was okay because I was working out every day. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, I need to chill out with the cakes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so my sweet tooth is crazy. Uh, that was definitely one of my highlights. I can't wait till uh, somebody else is on some some network show. And, right. I think yeah. I told Tone a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, hey, man, you need to get on the show mostly so we can go to craft services. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> right, right, yeah. I'm sorry I got canceled again, but uh, <laughs> next time you get, get one, please let me know. Dude, I remember there was a couple times where I would bring, like, you know, I'd, I'd go to craft services, I'd come back, and I'd go, hey, do you have 
have you tried this? And you're like, no, I didn't. Where's that? Then I'd give you one because I usually get two. And then you'd be like, hey, did you try this? I'm like, no, here, try one. That was fun. And then there was at least one time you didn't show up to the taping. And I was like, what the fuck? I even text you. I was like, hey, man, how can you leave me hanging? I'm supposed to eat all this food by myself. Yeah, I remember that text. I was like, I can't make it. You were like, bro, I thought you were showing up. I was like, damn. Yeah. Dude, the whole night, even Adrian, even Adrian goes, and I'm sitting back there and I'm eating. And she goes, Hey, are you okay? I'm like, Yeah. She's like, Your friend didn't show up tonight. I'm like, No. <laughs> Yo. Because nobody else would, nobody else appreciated the craft services like we did. I mean, and, yeah. And- you know, I tell Adrian, Oh, did you try this? You know, I tell, Rojo, hey, yeah, yeah, they were fine, but there was no excitement. There was no, like, nothing behind it. I was like, oh, all right. Like, like, genuine excitement. It's it's funny because when I first started going, uh, I think that first time, I knew Craft Services was there, but I was like, (laughs) I'm not going to be the guy that everybody's like, can't invite James anymore. Like, he won't put the plate down. So I was always going, like, that first trip, I was like, all right but then having somebody like you there i'm like oh well shit like let's just do this well i i remember the first time we were there or at least the first time you showed up i was like hey come here and you were like oh and then you told me like i was like you were like i'm a little nervous i'm like listen i was already nervous at a vets uh show i was like i'm a pro now because over there i was there for what end of season or like half of season one the tail end and then season two and three so I was like, look, I've already done it. I know they're they're just going to throw it away. So we might as well eat it. Yep. So I was like, no, no, no. Yep. Come here. Let's go. And Come on. With that sentiment, they're just helping out. You know, who likes to waste food? So it's like, if I can help you not waste food, let me be the one to help. Exactly. That's, all. That's it. Hey, man, uh, we're going to sign off, but stay on. I have a couple things to tell you off camera. Um, cool. Thanks again for being on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time. And um yeah, man, I can't wait to see you again after all this uh, pandemic stuff calms down. You got to let me know when it airs and all that good stuff. And, uh, I will. Yeah. I will for sure. All right, man. Thanks a lot. All right. You guys have a good one. Peace. All right. Hey, everybody. That was my interview with my friend, James Anthony. Please make sure to go follow him on Instagram and check out his photos. It's at I am James Anthony. Uh, like I said, Plenty of fantastic photos, and I believe he has a link tree. Uh, you can find him on uh, Twitter and all his other platforms that he's on. So um, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back. Remember, tell everybody. That's right. Tell your who? Mom. That's right. And your dad. Uh-huh. And your brothers and sisters and cousins and aunts and uncles. And even your doggy, if he has a telephone. This this week, uh, some more original music, original music by me. This time I'm going to bring in an instrument because I'm good like that. This bad boy was given to me by my good friend Jacob. He lives here uh, in the apartment complex. And he was like, hey, you want a guitar? And I went, yeah, because I know how to play it. And he goes, yeah, I know you have that look about you. So this week's music is going to be some uh, riffs on the guitar. So I hope you enjoy it. 
and I'll see you next week. Here we go. Ready? Thank you for listening to the fucking show. Thank you for listening to the Jesus show, not that one. Tight.